It's The Takeaway. I'm Tanzina Vega. As part of our week-long look at the intersection of race, place, and health with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, we turn today to public housing in New York City, a clear example that where you live has a big impact on your health. Late last week, New York City's Department of Investigation launched a probe into the breakdown in communication between the Health Department and the New York City Public Housing Authority over blood lead levels in children. It's the latest development in a story that ultimately revealed that 820 children in public housing under the age of six have tested positive for elevated levels of lead between 2012 and 2016. Further investigation found that the Housing Authority, better known as NYCHA here in New York, had failed to perform required lead paint inspections for years, despite claiming to be in compliance. Greg B. Smith, the investigative reporter at the New York Daily News who broke the story on lead paint exposure, says the city took more than a year to recognize the scope of the lead problem. Until I wrote the story about 820 children, they had this number that they were walking around with about the number of apartments that likely have lead paint. The number was 55,000. This is what they said. So after that story came out, they suddenly changed the number. And now it's 130,000. I mean, if, if, you, if you don't look at something, then it's not a problem, right? So how did families living across 130,000 apartments end up getting exposed to poison? Greg Smith explains just how important the public housing system is to New York. It's the biggest landlord in the city of New York. It's the largest housing authority in America, by far, by the way. 400,000 residents live in actual NYCHA developments. There's another approximately 200,000 that receive Section 8 housing. And there is a working people live there. This is another thing that drives me crazy about people talking about public housing. They don't even understand what it is, frankly. They're working people. And these are people who, like, work at the airport or they work at the post office. It's an incredibly important part of this city because there is a dearth of affordable housing. And if you let something like this basically fall apart, then you're, you're doing a number on the ability for middle class and lower middle class people to be able to live in the city of New York. And that's very important because otherwise you, all you have is extremely poor people and extremely wealthy people living in a city. And that's not good for anybody. So your investigation uncovered what specifically about lead paint in NYCHA developments? Well, what... <laughs> It, my, my investigation started out by looking at kids who had tested for elevated levels of blood lead. And what was kind of disturbing to me was when I started to write about this, which was in 2015, the housing authority's position was none of these kids are really being harmed. There's a couple of kids. That's about it. Plus, we have a vigorous program to go after lead paint, and we're always monitoring it and always inspecting. At the time that I was writing this stuff, they knew that what they were saying was a lie. At that point, they had stopped doing inspections, annual inspections, which are required by law and by also by the federal regulations of apartments for lead paint. In addition to that, they had decided that they were not going to embrace the standard that the federal government uses when determining what level of lead in a child's blood is considered to be of concern. The Centers for Disease Control has this 
standard of five micrograms per deciliter. But they knew, and in, that, by the way, includes the mayor knew at that time that they were not on top of this. And situation. you're talking about Mayor Bill de Blasio, and at the time, NYCHA, the head of NYCHA was Shola Oyatole, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's right. And ultimately, the United States attorney gets involved in this. They were looking at what NYCHA has filed with the federal government because they're required every single year to file what's called an annual plan, and it has to swear that these conditions are uh, habitable. So they're looking at these documents, and all of these documents are saying everything is fine. So when I go in and I start telling them, well, not really. I mean, there's these kids out there with lead poisoning that they deny have anything to do with the nitrous conditions. Then there's also the other issues of mold and multiple other problems in this place. And so the U.S. attorney starts to really go after the falsification of documents inside this agency. Let's talk about a little bit about the impact and the people affected by this, right? Outside of the mayor and the federal government, can you give us a sense of what public housing residents are saying, what their kids are going through, the kids who've been poisoned by lead paint? Sure. Centers for Disease Control uses the five microgram standard, but the Centers for Disease Control says basically any level of lead is not good. But if you have a concentration of five or more, then you are now uh, in a situation where your child is probably going to have developmental delays. It's impossible to make that stop other than to get them out of that situation. So a lot of the kids that I've interviewed and talked to have had this problem. They've been put into special ed. <laughs> to me, it's it seems almost crazy because in a way, it's government neglect channels these kids into this situation that now the government has to deal with. The other part of this that's really disturbing to me is that unless the doctor calls up the health department, right, says the child has a level of five, the health department would not inspect the apartment because they had decided that their standard, the city of New York, was 10 micrograms. That's what the 820 kids is. That's 820 kids where they didn't go in and test the apartment because they made a decision that they were going to use a different standard than the one that the federal government says is a cause for concern. What is the federal government's response to this case of almost 900 children being poisoned? The federal government is... Uh, entered into a consent decree with the city and with NYCHA. And the consent decree is an agreement in which the housing authority agrees that it's okay to have a federal monitor come in and oversee their compliance. That's what the idea of this is. So to make sure that they're in compliance with lead paint inspection rules and regulations, also mold, elevators, all of these things. But it has to be approved by a federal judge And they had a hearing a couple weeks ago, and the federal judge was extremely skeptical about this because you need to be able to enforce things. You can't just say, well, we intend to clean up the lead or we intend to clean up the mold. You have to have a way to enforce that and to really make sure that it's actually happening. That remains to be seen. I I don't know how that's going to play out, but it is a good thing because it's the first time they've had real oversight. As I mentioned um, before we started the interview, we're looking at the intersection of race, place, and health. And when you think about the connection of where you're born and the health outcomes you're likely to experience, what does your reporting on this issue in New York City's public housing tell you about 
that connection between zip code and destiny? There is a total connection. It has everything to do with where you are in society. And if you are in an upper middle class neighborhood, the birth rate situation is much healthier. The level of cigarette smoking is less. And there's certainly less exposure to lead paint. There is a total connection between being poor and being unhealthy. Greg B. Smith is an investigative reporter at the New York Daily News. Thank you, Greg. You bet.